0: Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. You know, deciding to change jobs is a big decision. Deciding to actually ditch your job and the loveliness of a regular salary to become a freelancer can seem like an enormous risk. So, how can you prepare for and transition into life as a freelance copywriter? That is what we're talking about today. My name is Belinda Weaver, I'm a copywriter, my business is called Copyright Matters, and I'm the creator of the Copywriting Masterclass, and with me is Kate Toon.
1: Hello, my name's Kate Toon, I'm also a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the Recipe for SEO Success Online Learning Hub.
0: Now, as I mentioned in the little intro there, we're talking about leaving the world of full-time employment behind to become a freelance copywriter. We're going to be sharing our tips and experience, telling our story on making it a smooth transition for you. We're going to cover preparing for the change, when to make the leap, getting your name out there and making sure your bills are being paid along the way. Now, Kate, I, I know a your story and you know my story, and they're actually very different experiences. So I think our listeners are going to benefit from two sides of the coin here. But let's let's start at the beginning. What was the trigger f- for you to decide to become a freelancer full-time?
1: Well, I have to be honest, I'd love to say that I made an epic choice, but really the choice was forced upon me. I was too scared to go freelance full-time because I was the bread- when my husband was teaching French lessons, but we had not been in Australia that long. So I think he had five students, not enough money to pay the rent. And I was working at a big advertising agency, not enjoying it very much. Um, I really hated it. I used to cry on the bus on the way to work. Um, I, had a, oh. I know I had a big team. People cried all the time at my job. It was very stressful. It was really bad. And then the job before that, I was on the board. I was on the board, Belinda. I was making decisions. I had stock options. It was revolting. Um, but then, <laughs> no, it really was. I felt like I was playing at being a grown-up. But then um, I got pregnant, which was quite a surprise because we have been told that we couldn't have kids. And I was contracting for, you know, good good money like I was earning a really great day rate for contracting about four days a week but you can't contract when you're probably pregnant so I just had to give it up and I couldn't I you know I didn't have maternity leave so I just had to come up with something quickly and so I set up katetoon.com which is my website then it's now katooncopywriter.com, and I started being a freelancer so that was my trigger
0: Oh wow. Ooh. I mean my it was family oriented for me, but um I have the opposite. Mine was had a lot of planning involved. I mean, we were just talking about starting a family. It was all a wibbly wobbly future thing, but I started to think, yeah, how am I gonna how am I gonna take care of a baby when I'm working. Um, I have to like, I did an hour and a half each way of commuting to my job because we lived out in the bush out out of Melbourne. And I was like, how am I going to work full time with all this commuting with a young baby? And I started to think this is not, this is, you know, what do I want to do with my career? So I actually um, heard about copywriting. (laughs) I was a marketer and I didn't really even know copywriting was a thing you could do as a job. Um, I saw a presentation. They talked about copywriting, being a freelance copywriter, and I was like, bosh, that is what I want to do. And so everything from then on was about preparing to make that leap.
1: Yeah, I think that's quite funny because we've often talked about how you're a bit of a planner and I'm a non-planner, a bit yin and yang in that respect. So I think if I had my time again, I would have planned it a little bit better. I was five months pregnant when I gave up my day job. And I, I made a bloke at work, thank you, Kane Vato, if you're listening, uh, make me a blog. I didn't even know what a blog was, Belinda, but he made me a blog. And for some reason, I think I've talked about this before, it had like flames on it. It was black background flames, because I was going to, because even then I was going to write hot copy, you know? Yeah. yeah boom. Um, it was really bad. But yes, I, I guess the good thing was being thrown in the deep end like that, I didn't overly overthink it. I just cracked on because I had to replace the income. So I didn't like spend days worrying about my branding and my USP and my niche and what my competitors were doing. I just really, really worked my existing network because that's all I had going, Hey, did you know I'm a copywriter now? And I'll also build your website. I'll do your logo. I'll do anything um, to just get Mm. clients and get work in. And yeah, like I just got on with it. So in a way it was good. But I don't know, what were your hopes and dreams when you started? What did you think you were looking for with the switch?
0: Um, I wanted I wanted to be able to earn money from home because there was that family influence, you know, starting a family influence. I, I suspected I needed to get the business ticking over before a baby came along, yeah. um, although you've clearly proved me wrong there, not required at all. Um, so, I was thinking, oh, I need a decent lead time to build my income. Much like you, I just kind of focused on getting started I was delighted with any sense of progress um but like you I really did not like my job I I wanted to be happier and I was looking for a really big change that would let me be in more control because I was in kind of a toxic work environment so yeah I just wanted to get out of there
1: yeah <laughs> I, I, I get that I get that I think you know I Although I'd actually been hoping to leave my real job for a very long time, it just took something external to make that happen. Um, I wasn't prepared. Financially, we had no savings. We were renting. Um, God, it was actually quite horrible. (laughs) You kind of breathe over it and kind of just crack on. But um, no, you just we just had whatever money we had, we were quite poor for for quite a long time. But I did win one quite big client in the first year. And I did a little bit of referring of work. So you know, I referred clients to designers and developers, and I got a little bit of affiliate, not affiliate, referral fee stuff back from that. So I think I made about 60 grand in my first year Australian, which wasn't amazing not when you're living in central sydney with a small baby and your husband's not earning really anything but it wasn't bad but i had to make a lot of sacrifices for that you know i would have liked to have spent you know that first blissful six months just sort of poddling around with my baby um although would i i'm not sure um But, you know, I had to, me and my husband actually split the care. So even really way back then, he was helping a lot with uh, my son. And, you know, I would obviously recommend anybody who's thinking about making the leap to try and have, you know, I'd say three months of your old salary equivalent in the bank, Um, ideally six months. That's a lot. Now, you know, that's that would mean that you could. Experiment, play, not feel too stressed. You know, take the clients you really want. Niche down. That money gives you that luxury. You know, it's a luxury mm. budget. If you don't have that, you're going to have to do whatever you can do, which is kind of my position. What? How did you sort your finances out, or did you sort your finances out?
0: Yeah, no, I had no savings, but I also didn't really get started. Um, I didn't throw myself into the deep end. I did it on the side while I had my full time salary coming in. So, I didn't want to, I mean, we had our family savings, but I didn't actually consider them available for me. So, I built up the momentum with my marketing and I started taking on projects all within the safety of my full-time salary coming in. And one of the beauties of doing a job you don't like is that you don't give a shit that you're not actually doing the job that you don't like. So, I was doing a lot of research and work time in my day job while I was getting paid. And the trigger for me to actually leave and go full-time was when I felt my marketing was producing regular leads and I was converting those leads and I was building a portfolio of work and testimonials. So, and I was actually nearly at my full-time income. It wasn't a very highly paid job. So, I thought, you know what, I am almost at the point where I'm replacing my salary and I've got more, like there was only a few jobs, but they they were continually coming in. So I thought, well, I've got my systems in place. Um, I think I can do this. So that that was the moment where I went, okay, jumping out. And then I only had a small, once I had more time at my disposal, then I very quickly pick, was able to pick up more work. So yeah, I didn't need to kind of, I didn't need to dip into those savings, but doing it again, I would definitely have a couple of months up my sleeve so that um, it, I didn't have to feel so desperate about taking on work. Um, With that kind of how do you know you're ready because you obviously had the situation forced on you. Um, I took a bit more. Um, How did you know you were ready to jump out of that full time?
1: Well, I don't... I don't think that kind of really applies to me because I didn't think I was yeah. ready. But equally, I don't know if it applies to anybody. So I have a lot of uh, copywriters in my uh, clever copywriting school community who've actually made the transition while being in the community. Um, so that's been interesting to watch. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've talked to a lot of them about you know why they made the change. I think a lot of it's to do with confidence, you know, um, and that feeling that it, everything's going to be okay. And that you know, one thing that m- helped me at first was that I can always go back and get a real job. And that was very much kept me going for the first couple of years. You know, it it doesn't matter if I fail because I can always get a real job. I'm not sure sure I could now. I think I'd be kind of hard to employ now. I'm not sure. But, you know, you can always go and get your old similar job back of some description, so that that encouraged me to keep going. But I don't know if there's any a point where you go, yes, I'm ready. Just like with anything, I'm ready to have kids. I'm ready to marry this person. I don't know if you really know the way you know about a good avocado. Do you know what I mean? I think you just <laughs> you just. And I think what often people do is they over prepare. You know, they they think, well, I've got to do eighteen courses. You know, we're really you we only need to do two. Belinda's and mine I'm joking yeah. um, you know <laughs> they wait until they bought all the software they've got the new desk the latest mac the business cards this yeah. that that right. you know you, you don't actually need any of those things to get started I think what you need to have two things confidence and a willingness to fall on your ass that would be yes.
0: I yeah, know, I 20. think you're absolutely right because yeah, you you'll never feel that you're entirely ready. I just think um you feel like you're mostly like you're you're at least halfway ready. Yeah I think yeah, that's so. it. have the confidence and willing to fall on your ass is a better advice though. I mean, for me, I to to do my skills prep, I took a copywriting course to to learn how to do the craft and and I was working as a marketing coordinator. So I used my day job as my practice ground. I used every opportunity of writing copy to apply what I had learned. And, and I was reading a lot as well. I was taking in every blog and book I could get my hands on. But I treated every bit of copy as if I was writing for a different client. And I had a lot of opportunities in my day. So I was very much kind of building my confidence mindset. For writing copy, and then you know, I didn't know anything about running a business, and I just did. Again, I just did a lot of research, so I was just thinking, well, I, that's how I solve every problem. If I just have enough information, I will figure out the solution. And yeah, and if I thought, well, I'm I'm kind of halfway ready, I'll figure the out the rest out as I go along, and that's that's kind of yeah. have to do.
1: <laughs> And that's what I, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before, I think, but, you know, I didn't take a copywriting course, but I do come from an advertising background. So I kind of had been a copywriter in agency, but that didn't mean that I was aware of every aspect of running a business, you know, accounts and marketing your own business is very different to marketing big corporates. But my yeah. attitude was always, I'll learn that when I need it. Even with copywriting skills, you know, maybe I hadn't ever written a press release when I left agency land. It wasn't PR agencies did that, not copywriters. But when I was asked to write my first press release, I was like, I'm going to learn. I I can write. I know how press releases work. I will learn how to do that. Maybe I'll charge my client a little bit less than I normally would because I'm using them as a guinea pig and I'll be transparent with them. Um, But I'm just going to learn it as I go. You can't know everything. You can't be prepared for every situation.
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about getting your name out there and getting work because you you mentioned this at the start. And um, and I think regardless of whether you start your business on the side or you jump straight into the deep end, there's this moment after you register your business name that you're like, well, now what? You know, you're sitting yeah. there with your whizzy keyboard. So you've got to get some work in. So can you recap on um, how you got your first few clients?
1: Um, I think I did a few things. First up, I um, emailed everybody I'd previously kind of known <laughs> and said, because obviously I was a little bit lucky in that I'd been working in ad agencies. So I knew a lot of kind of design type people, producers, you know, and they were now working at various places. I did a lot of effort, I put a lot of effort into LinkedIn um, saying, hey, you know, I'm here. Um, I spoke to my friends. So probably the first 10 jobs I had were for friends. I remember I had a friend called... Bruce Glenn, who's a magician here in Sydney, and I, he was, you know, it's not like I went to him and said, "Let me build your website." But he was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm starting out as a magician." I was like, "Oh, I, I can build your website. I can write you the copy." And you know, I must have done it for like five hundred dollars or something. But you know, and then I would that just continued. Then Bruce would recommend me to someone, or I would share that. And but a lot of it was friends. An awful lot of it was friends. Um, and then I built. I worked hard on my website. I worked hard on my SEO. So so that I could outrank some of the big players who were around at the time. Um, And so that I was the first person who came up when you typed Copywriter Sydney. And really, that took me about six months. Uh, might be a bit slower these days, but back then it was relatively straightforward. And after then, the work just came through um, Google. So It started to grow from
0: there. Yeah, what about you? How did you... Um well, I well back in, back in the time when social media was so much simpler, um, I, like, I didn't have a website or anything. I registered the business name and then while I was in sneaky moments at work, I started sharing tips about copywriting. And this is one of those things about confidence because I was just starting out. I had just finished a course. I, would, I had virtually no experience. I'd done one or two jobs, but here I am sounding like a, an authority by sharing tips Uh, for business, small businesses about copywriting. Um, And the other thing I did was I reached out to graphic designers and website developers and I started talking to them and they started sending me work, which I was genuinely surprised about because I was like, you don't know me, but they were like, great, you're a copywriter. We need a copywriter. Here are my clients. And it was kind of that simple. But the, the biggest one was taking my day job as my retainer, my first retainer client. So rather than just kind of saying, I'm out of here and sticking it to the man, I did this presentation and I I basically did a pitch on how much money I could save the company more than $20,000 a year if um, if they hired me at my new freelancer rate. So basically, I pointed out all the low value tasks that they had me doing. And I pointed out the high value tasks that I really had time for. And I said, if you just hire me for those high value tasks at my new copywriting rate, you will still save a lot of money. And they went, we'll do it. So I got to leave the job I didn't like, keep doing the bits I did like, and that gave me a lot of financial security. So, you know, not burning your bridges as you walk out the door can be a very, very good decision.
1: Yeah, wow, that is a clever decision. I didn't didn't even think of that. What was I doing? I mean, I guess... When I chucked it in, I I think I told my boss at the time that I was going to work until this point. And I remember I was about five months pregnant. I was like, I just, I can't do this anymore. So I think I then, because I was a contractor, I gave him like a week's notice and said, see ya. Um, And I think, you know, I think back to how I felt at the time. And honestly, I can't really remember. Obviously, I was slightly more thinking about the fact that I was about to have a baby uh, and planning Planning for that, um, but and I remember meeting clients like uber pregnant, and they were like, you know, but you're not going to be able to do this. And I was like, no, no, I will, I'll be fine. Um, but I, I don't know. I think the first year for me is a blur because it was at the same time as having a very small child, so I don't really feel like I hit my stride probably until year two, um, and that's when I started to kind of. Do some of the things you're talking about, like being organised and planning and learning about things and, and improving my website. The first year was really a bit of a mad scramble. How, how, mm. Yeah, you know, it was it was panic. It <laughs> was no exhilaration. It was just like, oh my god, tons of money. How did you feel?
0: <laughs> oh, I felt freaking awesome because you know I mentioned yeah. that, that the work environment was a little bit toxic. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a good environment. To be in, um, so I just was really delighted to be out of that space, and I was so determined that I was really blind to the chance of failure. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. So I just I was so excited about making it work that I didn't even put myself you know anywhere near the same league as the other copywriters I could see and that I were following. I just wanted a couple of clients, and I wanted to do the best I could do and, and yeah, focus on myself. And I was super excited. And I just remember being at home on the first day where I was like, I got my computer. <laughs> you know. I was, yeah, super excited. And I was also pretty proud of myself, to be honest.
1: Yeah. That, I mean, you should have been. I think that's a really good thing to point out as well, that you weren't bothered about other copywriters. I mean, I think because my background was SEO, I was aware of other copywriters in terms of ranking, but I wasn't kind of looking at what they were doing and wanting to be, I feel like you, I was very self-absorbed. <laughs> I was very much about what I can do. And it really, I mean, I think we connected probably in my year three, maybe. Um, and that's when I kind of became aware of you and a few other Australian copywriters over here, like Glenn Murray, who we've had on the show. And there's a great guy called Charles Cunningham mm-hmm. and um, Anna. And yeah, you know, there's a few a few guys, but up those first that first year or so, I really didn't almost kind of take any notice that there was anybody else um, and that was a good time you know it was a half about halfway through about five years when I started to kind of worry about competitors and thankfully I'm through the other side but it was actually quite nice to be blindly confident in those early days not confident but oblivious I think is the
0: right word yeah so know. I think that's a, a great tip for listeners like if you haven't yet made the leap or you just have you know we're okay now we're always talking about run your own race don't can, you know, suffer from Comparinitis, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's it's really good advice. Just focus on being more awesome yourself.
1: Yes, because you know that there are, there are oodles of potential clients. You know the people you know, you have your connections, you live in your local area. You know, Bruce Glenn, the magician whose website I built, wasn't about to go and find another copywriter because he knew me you know there's only so many people so I think you can do very well in your first year just within your own network you have to kind of it's a bit icky at first to put yourself out there but you know that's where your first clients will come from and if you if that's your approach then you're really not competing with anybody else because it's your network mm. so anyway yeah let's get into some um wrap-up questions because we all like wrapping things up neatly in little bundles Mm. Mm. wrap up with some questions to ask yourself before you make the leap so the first question I have is will the move make me happier are you looking for any old change like you're just bored or fed up or are you really looking for the freelance life and you need to be very realistic about what the freelance life means and We've talked about this before, but it is not sitting around in your pajamas, watching Netflix movies, eating crisps. I mean, that can be part of it. But a lot of it is getting up, getting to your desk, sitting there for eight hours a day, even when you've got no clients, no motivation. It can be pretty lonely sometimes you know you're never really going to get rid of that feast and famine thing we talk about that it doesn't ever 100% go away can you deal with the realities of freelance life or do you just fancy a bit of a break from your real job I think that's a really big one what do you think of that one Belinda?
0: Yeah, no, it's, a, it's a very important question because, um, I think a lot of people jump into, maybe not a lot of people, but some people jump into freelancing and then they go, Oh, actually, I do not work well on my own. Yes. Actually, I cannot motivate myself. Actually, I need to be in a team. I need someone to tell me what to do. And that is perfectly okay. Yeah, it's, not,
1: it's definitely not for everybody. It really isn't. And, you know, there's also nothing wrong with giving it a try. And, again, a couple of members of my community have given it a try and done it for a couple of years and gone, you know what, I don't like it. I'd rather try and get some kind of copywriting job within another organisation so
0: I can still yeah. write.
1: I just don't want to do the freelance bit of it. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, and to be honest, we all have those thoughts some what days. What
1: do? God! <laughs> Sick leave, <laughs> holiday pay, I miss it so. Anyway, what's your question? My,
0: Yeah, my question is, is the timing important? So, Kate, you made it work while you were pregnant and you had a newborn and I just don't think I could do that. So I salute you, lady. But um, it's important to look at what's happening in your life and say, is the timing of this decision, you know, going to impact other people. And of course it will. Now, the flip side of this is you don't want to keep saying, oh, I'll wait until after Christmas. I'll wait until my husband gets his raise. I'll wait until the kids are a bit older. I'll wait, you know, don't keep putting things off. But there is also an important question to ask. Is the timing important? Because you don't want to just rush off and jump into it and cause a trail of destruction behind you.
1: Yeah. And I I think as well, Accept your timing, accept where you are in your life. A lot of people do become copywriters at a time in their life where kids come along. So whether they're male or female, they're trying to find something that fits in with family life. And that's fine. But when your kids are young, you're only going to be able to do so much. And that's one thing I see a lot of people beating themselves up about, you know, that I can't launch this course and and work with this client and, and... and do this and do that, you know, I can only do so much because we've only got so much time. So accept where you are. And you know, there will come a point where you're freer, your kids are older, they don't want to talk to you anymore. And then you can do do more. I just want to make a little personal note here. I had a lovely call from a copywriter the other day, who I've kind of mentored a little bit, he's in my group and whatever. And he's recently had a baby. And he called me just to say, thank you, which was really lovely, because Mm -hmm. he said, you know, I am now off with my son spending time at home in this sort of really precious time. I would never have been able to get this much dad leave, a a real job. And freelance life has given me this, you know, and he's worked hard for a couple of years to get to this point that, you know, it, 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 has its rewards as well i thought that was yeah. really beautiful not, And then also we talk a lot about mums on here so it's important to mention dads as well anyway yeah, absolutely my next question is a practical one how are you going to cover your expenses obviously it's going to take some time to get money coming in and it's going to take a while for that money to be at the level that you're used to so you have to accept that you are not going to earn what you used to earn and you have to be okay with that. Obviously you have to have enough to cover your bills, your home loan, your mortgage, but you don't want to be stressed out from day one. You need to Mm. uh, work out what the minimum is. And if that means you have to get a part-time job to support your copywriting business as it gets going, there's no shame in that. You know, that's absolutely fine. Um, what I think you find is if you get a kind of free, a part-time job that maybe you aren't as invested in as your big fat career that you used to have, you do still have the energy and the space to write like, copy in your spare time. Yeah. I think Belinda's example, where you're you've got a full-time job and you're trying to be a copywriter for two hours in the evening, it's very hard. That's really Because there's a lot of pressure on you in your day job. It's a career job. But if it's like a part-time job that's, you know, people aren't expecting so much of you, then you can finish at five, turn your brain off and just write some copy for a client.
0: Yeah. And you know, if you're mentally stressed, I mean, if you're crazy stressed from the beginning, you're not going to make great decisions. You're going to take on work that you wish you hadn't with clients that you don't want to be associated with because you're a bit desperate and that's, what that kind of stress can can do? Yeah, exactly. My next one is: Do I have the support of my family and friends? Now, this is it's important because um, the support of your family and friends will make your new life a lot more enjoyable. As you don't have to justify and remind people that it's a proper job and not a hobby, and uh, and things like that. Because when they don't take your work seriously, it can be really detrimental to your confidence. That said, it's not that important that you shouldn't do it because when you have the grit and determination to make a success of it, then you can turn around and give everyone a big raspberry. <laughs> so I would say, yeah. you know, don't, don't let your friends going, don't leave your full-time job. Don't let them hold you back.
1: No, because also a lot of them are envious, I think, and kind of poo-poo it in that, you know, because they kind of secretly want to do it too. I think yeah. if you are if you're in a relationship, it's great if your partner is supportive and they're yes. willing to understand that you're gonna need, you know, a certain amount of time to see if this is gonna pan out. Like after two weeks, you're not gonna be able to say, Yes, I'm a successful copywriter. Yeah. Um you know, and that your partner maybe is gonna to have to change their lifestyle a little bit to accommodate yours. You know, if you are writing in the evening, are they okay? doing stuff with the kids or with the dog or with the house you know and um, y- you have to have the discussion and say life is not going to be the same yeah this is how it's going to change do you accept that and you know maybe your partner will be supporting you for a little bit are they okay with that what's the quid pro quo do they get to take three months sabbatical to pursue their dream at a later point you know <laughs> it can be tricky so especially if your partner also has something that they really want to do they'd love to go freelance and do something so I think it's an important conversation to have yeah but yes don't be put off don't be put off um because you know lots of people poo poo things and then it's it's fantastic to turn around and go yeah did it showed you yeah um (laughs) the next one I think is an important one as well are you willing to put the work in um yes being a freelance copywriter gives you more control more flexibility more freedom but it's a lot of hard work and we've talked many times on this podcast about the attributes you need. Talks about confidence. We've talked about being able to self-discipline and motivate, uh, be able to spend lots of time on your own to be able to sell yourself. Now those aren't all skills that you'll possess day one, but you have to have the willingness to learn them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but the only way you're going to know this is if you try nothing ventured, nothing gained. My approach is always what's the worst that can happen? You do this for six months, you realise it's not for you or it's not working, well, then you can always do something else. Yeah. You know, you're not going freelance isn't a, a life sentence. You, you can go back, you know. So, but yeah, yeah
0: have a think about the work involved. Absolutely. Um, one thing I was genuinely surprised about was how hard I was willing to work for myself. <laughs> yes it was way harder than I worked for anyone else
1: totally I've never worked this hard before it's ridiculous I would have been such a good employee if I had this work ethic right
0: probably would have might have got some of those promotions that I went for yeah totally (laughs) so my next question is can you test the water before giving up your day job so we know we've said you can try this this freelancing stuff out. Absolutely. But, you know, you can also do it while you're in the safety of your full-time job um, and and try and get a few clients without investing in a full 10 grand website or 3,000 business cards. You know, there are plenty of ways you can seek to your uh, look to your network and um, and give things a go. So don't be afraid to have a bit of a practice before you, you know, give your boss the finger and walk out.
1: Yeah. And, you know, um, a lot of people poo-poo the freelancer websites like Upwork and the like, but that can be a great place to just start, take on a few small briefs. Yes, you're not going to get oodles of money, but you still have your day job. So it doesn't matter that you can practice, you can build your confidence, get some testimonials. um, That can be a great way. And it's relatively anonymous. It's not too much of a personal investment. You don't even need a website or anything. You just create a profile. That's right. So, you know, while it might not be a long-term strategy for wealth, it's a great way to practice and dip your toe in the pond.
0: And my last question. Yeah, if oh, sorry, you go. <laughs> no, I was just going to say if you're if you're really uncertain about whether it's. For you, this is a good way to start.
1: Yeah, totally. This last question should so have been yours. Do you have a plan? Um, (laughs) Winging it will only get you so far. It's got me 10 years in, so I'm still a winger. I've never planned anything. This is Belinda's question. Um, (laughs) She says uh, you need to have a plan uh, of how you're going to get clients, how you're going to market your business, and how you'll keep your clients happy. Um, I didn't have any of those. I'm okay, but you did, and you're okay. So (laughs) either type of personality can do it, I think, is is the upshot.
0: To be honest, I didn't have a plan for any of those things. I totally winged it. it.
1: (laughs) Totally winged it. She likes to pretend, but yeah. (laughs) I know you winged it. And also another final tip is if you are new to the podcast, it's a really good idea to try and go back to the start of the podcast. You'll find all the episodes on um hotcopypodcast.com they're not always all visible on itunes go back to the very start and try and listen to all of them you know you've got something like 40 50 i don't know 60 hours of coaching and tips and advice here um, god i'd have loved to have had this to listen to when i started out so.
0: yeah so we, we got pods on how to get clients how to price how to quote how yeah. to differentiate
1: yourself Lots of skill, skills-based ones, how to write this type of thing, how to write that type of thing, how to deal with tricky situations, how to manage aspects of your business and interviews with, you know, people who've done it before. So, you know, go back, re-listen, listen to them again. And,
0: uh, yeah. And if you are new to the pod welcome
1: welcome welcome to our podcast we're usually <laughs> we're usually much better than this i do apologize <laughs>
0: <laughs> but now we're gonna say goodbye um so regular listeners will know this is when we read out a review of the show and today it's a shout out to louise brogan who's at social bni and louise says found this podcast by chance and love the easy relaxed style with lots of useful pointers thanks Short and sweet, Louise, I love it. Five stars for you. And thank you for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher because your review helps other people find us and, of course, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. You can head to hotcopypodcast.com, find that bonanza that uh, Kate just mentioned of old episodes and also leave any comments that you'd like to leave for us on the blog post for this episode. So until next time, happy writing.
1: Thanks for listening right to the end. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy my two other podcasts. I have one called The Recipe for SEO Success, which is all about SEO tips, advice, and helping you grapple the Google beast. And my other, The Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, which is all about dealing with the stresses of running your own business. You can find both of them on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: going to hear it all now that we've stopped saying that
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh i can't come back from that <laughs> okay <laughs>